0: There is a holiness and a reverence about the King that we need to understand. He is not the Son of Man anymore. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He empowered you to be a witness. He empowered you to walk in glory. He empowered you to walk in resurrection purpose.
1: The resurrection of Jesus was more than just a miracle. It was a transformation. Picture in your mind a doorway in the shape of a cross. On one side of that doorway exists shame, fear, and guilt. On the other side, the resurrection side, exists an abundant life free from shame, fear, and guilt. This picture is a representation of the transforming power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In today's message, Pastor Eddie Mason takes us deeper into what this means for our daily lives.
0: I want to talk to you about the transforming power of the resurrection. As I began to begin to pray about this and, and see what God was saying, I, I realized that to start off with, you know, when Jesus was born, start off with incarnation of Christ is just an amazing thing. That God Himself would take on human form is just unbelievable. But then he didn't come and say, I'm God. He didn't come in and say, I'm God. What did He reference to Himself? How did He refer to Himself? He said, I'm a Son of Man. There are over 80 references of where Jesus is referred to as the Son of Man in the New Testament. And so He wanted us to understand that He came not as God, but He came as fully man. He came. Was He God? Absolutely. Did Did He change not being God? No. But He came as the Son of Man for one reason. Take your finger and put it right here. Me. He, came, he did that for you. He did that for me. He did that because of the love that He has for us. In, in Mark ten forty five, He says, Jesus said, For even the Son of Man came not to serve, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom of many. I'm going to read a lot of Scripture to you this morning. I'm going to lay a foundation. And then I want to teach you one little thing about resurrection and living. Matthew 19, 28, Jesus said to them, "...Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on His glorious throne, you who have followed Me will also sit on twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel." He begins to talk about Himself and says, "...when the Son of Man." Now what does that tell us? That tells us when we see Jesus, we're going to see Him in the form of what? A man. Jesus took on that thing, and He's still going to be a man. The man Christ Jesus sits on the throne. How do you know that? Jesus just said that, the Son of Man. In other words, He's going to come looking like a man, but He's coming as a king sitting on the throne. And then in Revelation 14, 14, John said, I looked, and there before me was a white cloud, and seated on the cloud was one like a who? A son of man with a crown of gold on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. In Revelation 19, 11, John says, Then I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse... And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. And from his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread on the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I want you to know the Son of Man came as a servant. He came to be the Lamb that was slain. But when He comes the next time, He's coming in the power of the King. He's coming on a white horse. The horse just represents power. I said I wasn't going to tell the church this, but let me just, let me just walk with you just a little bit. If the horse represents power, and Jesus doesn't come on a literal white horse, I know it will disappoint a lot of you. But let me tell you what He is saying. He's saying when I return I am returning in unbridled authority with justice and judgment in my hand. He's saying I'm not coming to be crucified again. You see it was the resurrection. In the resurrection he was transformed from the lamb that was slain to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. It was in that resurrection power that he went to the mercy seat and he spilled his blood over the mercy seat for you and me. And he took his place at the right hand of God the Father Almighty forevermore. The place of authority. The place of the conquering king. The resurrected power of Jesus Christ he is king of kings and lord of lords and I'm going to tell you something these people that are speaking against our Jesus and our king right now they are blasphemous amen Let me tell you, it is blasphemy to take the position that so many people have taken, the mockery that they make of Jesus. There's a new movie coming out. I don't even know what the movie's about, but I know one of the actors said that he wasn't even going to act it out because nobody would act like Jesus acted. said he wasn't going to do it. He makes a mockery of what our Lord did. Can I tell you, it's blasphemy when you take a position against the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the problem is if you don't repent... You're going to bust hell wide open. And so we've got to come back to that place of understanding. There is a holiness and a reverence about the king that we need to understand. He is not the son of man anymore. He is the king of kings and Lord of lords. Unbridled authority. He comes in pure, unadulterated power. And he's coming to judge the resurrection transformed our Lord. In Romans 8, 11, it said, If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in, ye, in you, he was raised, Jesus Christ, from the dead, that will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. He said the one that raised Christ from the dead. Who was the one that raised Christ from the dead? It was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. Guess what? The Holy Spirit now dwells in you. How many of you have the Holy Spirit? Oh, me. Do you know what that means? You can have resurrection every day. Oh, you don't get it. If the power of resurrection abides in me, then the only thing I have to do is release the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do. And the transforming power of resurrection then abides in me. And now, now it comes forth out in the earth. And so we have to understand what he did. He said, He said, if the same spirit, he'll make you alive. What will he make you alive to? He will make you alive to his voice. He will make you alive to to the things that he's doing in heaven. The Bible says he loves to share what's going on with his prophets. He loves to let people know what's happening in the earth. You see, not only did that resurrection of Jesus, did it transform Jesus, everybody that receives him is transformed by the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the Holy Spirit abiding in us. Come to take us into that place. You see, when you you first came to Christ, you came born in sin, hopeless, filled with guilt and shame. Those are the blessings of the evil one. Those are the blessings of the evil one. The other side of that thing is when you receive the resurrected Christ, you've been given the power to be the Son of God. John 5, 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. If you could, if you could picture a doorway right here, there's a doorway. And this doorway is in the shape of a cross. And on this side of the cross is shame and guilt and fear. The Bible says, if you will receive it, you can walk right beyond the cross. And on this side of the cross, the resurrected side of the cross... He said, I've empowered you now to be the sons of God. You no longer walk in guilt. You no longer walk in shame. You no longer walk in fear. You've passed from death into life. Let me tell you that again. You've passed from death into life. This is the eternal realm of death. That's why the Bible said if you're in love with the world, you're at enmity with God. That's why the enemy wants everything to glitter. That's why the enemy wants everything to be enticing is because he wants you to operate in the world of death. And let me tell you, anything that you put before the cross of Jesus Christ is an idol, and that idol will cause you to experience doubt, it will cause, experience fear, it will cause you to experience shame, it will ex- cause you to experience all that the devil has for you. He came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And the first thing he wants to take away from you is the confidence that you have in Jesus Christ. The next thing he wants to take away from you is this understanding that I no longer have to be walking the guilt and shame my life will no longer be controlled by the fact that I'm worthless. My life will no longer be controlled by shame. My life will no longer be controlled by guilt. I walk in the power of the resurrected Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ. That's not mine anymore. When I passed through the cross I left that behind. This side is the eternal kingdom of life. You choose whether you walk in death or whether you walk in life. The problem most of us have is the cross has become a revolving door. We stay here, and then we hurry back over to this side. And the guilt and shame gets on us, and we decide, well, we'll come back to this side. And then that side looks good again, and we pass over here. And sometimes we just keep getting further, and further, and further further away from the cross of Christ. And now we start looking for happiness right here in the kingdom of death. We start looking for joy in the kingdom of darkness. We start looking for revelation in the place of torment. We start looking for for peace where there's nothing but fear there are more people in the church driven by fear than there are people driven by faith. That means you're operating on this side of the cross. You're operating in the kingdom of darkness. And yet Jesus said, if you believe in me, if you believe in me, you've passed from life unto death. You've changed sides. You've come into a new place. There's no place for fear in the kingdom. Our news media, they got their doctorate in fear-mongering. Our politicians, they understand fear. And they heap it on us and heap it on us and heap it on us. They don't sell through life. They sell through death. They don't sell through faith. They sell through fear. Anybody ever remember that 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 uh, old commercial about ring around the collar? <laughs> ring around the collar, you know, can't get the dirt out so there's ring around the collar. Now we just throw the shirt away if it gets a ring around the collar, but back then <laughs> you had to bleach it. And they they always had some some voluptuous woman that's advertising this ring around the collar. I mean, you know she's dressed to the nines and she's talking about ring around the collar and she's all of a sudden she sees her husband or in this ring around the collar and shame or guilt. Shame or guilt. Most people believe that advertisement is based on sex. Can I tell you that most of advertisement is based on fear? Fear that you won't add up. Fear that you can't be good enough. Fear that you don't have the right shoes or you don't have the right shirt or you don't have the, 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 the end thing for right this minute and say so the, the enemy uses fear in advertising to keep us going. I'm just telling you if you operate in the kingdom of the enemy you will operate in death and you will be driven by Fear. Fear that you don't have enough money in the bank. Fear that you can't pay your bills. Fear about what you're going to eat tomorrow. And the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. He says, stand here and I will take care of you. Walk in the place of life. Quit walking in the place of death. Fear and anxiety and and shame and guilt, those are the blessings of the enemy. Those are the blessings of the sinful kingdom. They are not the blessings of the kingdom of God. So we want to choose to walk in the resurrection power. After all, Jesus Christ took a beating and not just any kind of beating. He took an amazing beating. He took one that most men would not have been able to endure. He took one to where he was within an inch of his life. And then if that wasn't enough, he took the fact that they spit on him and they plucked his beard and all of these just horrendous things that he took. And then, they, then he let them drive. He let them. Turn to your neighbor and said, He let them. He let them drive spikes through His hands and His feet. He allowed them to put Him on a cross. He allowed them to take and mock Him and and to do all manner of evil unto Him. And He accepted our sins. Why? So that we didn't have to live in the realm of death. So my question to all of us is, why do we want to live where the enemy is? Well, my flesh likes what's in this kingdom let me let you in on a little secret. First off, if you're blessed enough, your flesh is going to get old. And when your flesh gets old, things are going to sag. And resurrection power ain't going to lift them up either. How many of you honestly know this body, the way it was designed, was designed to be eternal, but after sin came in, it became something totally different. You start dying the minute you are born. This body going to die. So, whatever this flesh desires, this this going to die. That desire going to die. I had never seen a man in a casket wanting a cigarette. Now, I've seen some pretty near-death wanting a cigarette, I've seen that somebody wanted to be buried with their fork just in case there was like some eating going on, okay? This body going to die. And so what we need to learn how to do is say, body, when I'm walking over here the only problem with that is I get momentary pleasure, but I get lots of torment. I get momentary happiness that comes out of here, but fear also enters in over here. Anybody in here ever deal with fear besides me? You know why? Because we're walking in the wrong kingdom. We're not walking in the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're walking walking in, in in the old stuff and not on the new stuff. We need to learn how to walk in the new stuff. You see in the outside there's faith, there's hope, and there's love. Isn't that what Paul said? Faith, hope, and love, these three abide. You can't walk on this side of the cross in unforgiveness. Let me tell you that one more time. You can't walk in the resurrected part of the cross with unforgiveness in your heart. You're going to always operate in the kingdom of death. You cannot operate on this side of the cross and have a victim mentality. It always happens to me. It always happens to me. It's never my fault. It's everybody else's fault. How about learn to take a little responsibility, folks? And would you please teach your children to take a little bit of responsibility as well? We are a, We have a group of people, they don't want to take responsibility for anything. Not my fault, not my fault, not my fault. I had a lady the other day at, at, uh, at the shopping center, and she turned loose of her buggy, and her buggy, she, she thought it had stopped, but it hadn't. And it just kept rolling, I didn't see it, and all of a sudden I hear this pow in the back of my car, and she's let her buggy roll into the back of my car, and I kind of turned around and go, and she said, it wasn't me. I look around I said, you're the only one in the parking lot. She even rode over to me, rolled down the window and said, I didn't do it. I said, well, then who did? You were sitting there looking at it. I don't know. You ever have that happen in your house? You got something in the refrigerator and the kids eat it. Has any parent ever figured out which kid really took it? There's is, there is never going to be a kid that took that stuff, I guarantee you. And it will disappear again and still, and they'll point fingers back and forth and blame each other just back and forth. Josh, did you get that? No. Would it Herman? No. Would it David? No. Well, Mr. Nobody got it. I guess so, Daddy. I don't know where that stuff is. We live, in this, we, we live in this place and we're not able to take responsibility. The good side about this side is, is see, in, in, in religion, it, religion stays on that side of the cross. Let me tell you that one more time. Religion lives on this side of the cross in death. But over here relationship in Christ is totally and completely different. Amen. When you're in this side of the cross you try to hide your sin. When you're on this side of the cross, you want Jesus to know that you're
1: yeah
0: Oh, y'all didn't get that. Yeah. Yeah. You know why? Because this has been telling. I don't want Jesus to know I'm sinned. That's because you're living in the wrong side of the cross. He's there to help you overcome. He's not there to condemn you. If He wanted to condemn you, He could have done that a long time ago. He's come over here to help you overcome, not to put you underneath. He wants to lift you up, not tear you down, but we act like he's somebody over here. And so when we stay over here, we stay in this performance mentality that says, I got to act so good, I got to be so good, I got to do so good, and every time I mess up, oh God, he hates me. Are you kidding me? This man Christ Jesus, took on flesh, took a beating, hung on a cross, died so that I could walk with him over here. He does not hate me. He knows I'm screwed up. I come on don't look so holy. Most of you screwed up too. we broken. Why? Because we stayed on the wrong side of the cross for so long we let the world break us and beat us up and beat us down and condemn us and tell us we were something we weren't. And we listen to what the enemy has to say more than we listen to what Jesus has to say. The enemy has to say you're worthless. Jesus said, you are wonderful. You were wonderfully made. You were created especially for me and for my kingdom. You were made so that there could be a supper that we could join together in. The marriage supper of the Lamb. He said, I'm coming to take a bride and you get to be part of the bride. I don't want you hanging out over here in this place of death. He said, the only reason to go into the kingdom of death is to snatch people out and bring them into the kingdom of life. We've been called to walk in the kingdom. Jesus said, it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Turn to your neighbor and say, God gave me the kingdom. Tell somebody else, God gave me the kingdom. Now I ask him a question, what are you doing with it? You got it up on a trophy shelf. Look up there. I got my cross and my crown. I got my my, my uh I got all that stuff up there so I can show it off. <laughs> Quit showing off the stuff and start showing off the stuff. He empowered you to be a witness. He empowered you to walk in glory. He empowered you to walk in resurrection purpose. He empowered you so that you didn't have to walk in that guilt and shame anymore, even if you screw up. He's empowered you to be His representative on the earth. He's empowered you to look like He looks. He's empowered you to love the unlovable. Turn to your neighbor and say, You can love the unlovable. My daddy had a, had a mother in law, my grandmother. We called her Granny. I love Granny. She could make a saint cuss. And my daddy used to say there were only two people in the world who could make him cuss. One of them was my brother, and my other one was my, my grandmother, granny. And so she had this, she had this, this thing where, where she she just, it didn't make any difference. If you said the sky was blue, she'd say it was black. She could look out there with her own eyes and it would be blue and she'd say, no, it's black and she'd argue with you until you changed your mind. And the very minute you changed your mind she'd say, are you crazy? It's blue. <laughs> and so what happened, what happened was, was that daddy kept praying, God would you change my mother-in-law? Would you play? And boy she, listen, I believe she was saved, but she spent most of her life on this side of the cross. Yeah. How do you know? Because she was bitter. You can't be bitter and say on this side of the cross. She was bitter. Life had cheated her. She hadn't gotten what she wanted, things hadn't gone her way. She was as close to being unlovable as anybody that you can imagine. Daddy prayed, prayed, and prayed, and prayed, and prayed, and prayed, and prayed, probably 20 years. The Lord said, you're doing it wrong. Then said, what do you mean I'm doing it wrong? He said, you keep praying for her to change. I don't want her to change. I want you to change. I want you to love her just like she is. Now I'm going to ask you a question. How many people have God put in your life that you're supposed to love just like they are? Oh, I think I'm going to e- each back over here, over here. Over here I can be disgusted with them. Over there I have to love them. Over there I have to forgive them. Over there I have to pray blessings upon them. That's right. I think I'd rather be here because that's torment. This is freedom. You see that resurrection power gives you the ability to love the unlovable. It gives you the ability to listen when people don't have anything to say. Let me tell you that one more time. It gives you the ability to listen when they don't have anything to say. And let me give you a little secret to that. You hear what they're saying with this ear, and you listen to hear what God's saying in this ear. Because they're telling you something if you will just listen. Which side? of the cross do you want to be on? Is it a revolving door for you? Do you just sit there and go, okay, I'm just going to be angry. I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm going to be who I want to be. I'm going to do what I want to do. And then I'm going to come over here and ask for forgiveness. I just There's sometimes I just need to spend a little time over here. And Jesus said, the priest shall have nothing to do with death. If a priest touched something dead, they had to go through the rite of purification before they could come back in to the temple. When you go back over here, you're playing with dead stuff. And the stench of death follows you wherever you go. You can't afford to play. Anybody, anybody here got a dog? Any of your dogs ever like to put on perfume? <laughs> they found the most rotten, stinkiness, most disgusting thing that they can find. At first they eat it so their breath smells like Death and then they walk in, and all you can do is say, get me to a bathtub. Get me to a bathtub. Well, can I tell you, people that hang out on this side of the cross, that's the way they smell. They just, we're washing there, they just rolling around in the stinky stuff. And over here, God's saying, I'm calling you into glory. And so there are people that come, and they get right here, and they're just looking. And Jesus is saying, come, come. And it's uncomfortable. Spirit of God's moving. I'm people crazy. Spirit of God is moving more. I I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Let me get back over here what I'm comfortable with. One last story and I will close. I tell this story many, many times because it just absolutely just tears me apart. I have a young lady. She's doing much, much better now. She's in church. She's, really moving forward. But this was when she was younger, 24, 25 years old. She'd gotten real deep into drugs. She had a couple of children. She was having a problem with all the stuff that was going on. Her husband had left her, and she couldn't get off the drugs. She'd given her children over to her mother to take care of, and she'd go out on the street. She did whatever she had to do to get drugs. Raped many times. Traded sex for drugs. Whatever she had to do, that's what she did. I, I, I love this girl. I still love this girl. She came to me one day and she said, Eddie, I'm ready to get my life straightened out. I about went through the roof. I was so excited. She said, can you find a place for me to go that'll help me? I said, I can find you a place. I found her a place. Took her. She got there and a couple of things she wanted to know, what time they went up, went to bed, and what time they got up. I thought, man, that's who cares? when I mean, you're coming off the street. You're coming off a place where you've been beaten. You're coming out of a place where you've been raped. You're coming out of a place where you've been abused. You're coming out of the, out of that place. We finish looking at the place. They tell us we've got to have a, a physical and a couple of things done. I tell her, we'll pay for it. Doesn't make any difference. We'll pay for it. We'll take care of you. It's not going to cost you a dime. You just go get your life straight now. We ride about two miles, and she looks at me, and she said, I got a dog. Your life means more than that dog. Hold told her, I said, I'll take care of the dog. We almost get to her house where her mother lives, and she said, I can't do it. I said, why can't you do it? She said, I got to take care of my dog. You remember what I told you about listening to people? That's what she was saying with her mouth but what she was saying in her spirit is I'm much more comfortable in the domain of darkness than I am in the domain of light. I know what's expected of me over here. I don't know what's going to happen over here. And I'm fearful of what's going to happen here. A lot of of people are afraid of death because they don't know what heaven holds for them. Well, I don't know either, but I'm going to tell you what, it's going to be better than this place. Why do I want to dwell in that place? I want to dwell where the Spirit of God is. And I want to go as deep with God as I possibly can go. I don't want anything holding me back. I want to run to the throne. I want to run to who He is. I want the revelation of Christ stronger than I've ever had Him in my entire life. He's my best friend. I'm going to be married to Him forever and ever and ever. I have no reason to be afraid of Him. I have no reason to run from Him. And my only source and my only source is to run to Him. I want to know Jesus.
1: You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church. A place where you are loved, accepted, and received. A place of healing. A place of prayer. A place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you.
0: May the Lord bless and keep you that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. That the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In
1: Jesus' name we pray, amen.